All right. Okay. All right, folks, we've got another couple of weeks of the regular season in the NFL left ahead of us. And to get into that, let's bring in the football consigliere, Pro Football Max, fresh off his holiday in Vegas. And Max, uh, before we get into the games for this week, uh, in your trip to Vegas, did you did you lay any bets down? I know that you were thinking of, of betting on Carolina. I did. Uh, Carolina, when I was in Vegas, was still going at plus 350 to win the division. So I had to put $50 down on that. So Absolutely. I still think, and we'll get to that game, but they win today. This, they, they win this week. That division is theirs. I and agree. Then, yeah. And then um, I made some parlay bets and some teaser bets. Unfortunately, Seattle getting blown out by uh, Kansas City took me out of my te- took me out of my parlay. Darn. But on my teaser, I did the, uh, the I won my three team teaser, covered all my bets for the week. Ah, I did the- that's what I was going to ask. OK. Yeah. The three team teaser was really safe. Put enough money on that to cover every other bet I made. But the the 15 team teaser that, you know, you just you have to throw a couple bucks at. I ended up going through all the Saturday games, hitting all my marks. I was 11 for 11 going into Sunday on my 15-team teaser. And then Tua getting that concussion and Miami losing the game ended up knocking me out. I would have been knocked out with L.A. Denver. I I had the under on L.A. Denver. No way I saw the Rams scoring 50 points. Oh, God. So I would have been knocked out anyway. But when I got back to my hotel room Saturday night and checked my sheet and saw that my $10 bet might have won 2,000, I was uh I, I I was very anxious for the next morning. I'm sure. And I was going to ask, you know, is it better than is it better to maybe put down, you know, a, a couple of other teasers, but as you mentioned, you did your you you got your solid three team that's going to cover the rest of you and then you're just ta- you know, you're out there throwing 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 the hook out into the water and seeing what comes back. Exactly. The, I played that low teaser, put a little extra money on it hoping to cover and and my one bet that I felt most confident in going into the week was I felt very confident that Buffalo Chicago would go over 40. And so I put a little bit extra on that as a straight up bet just to cover myself as well. There we I like go, to folks. play the teasers and the parlays. That's my problem. So I got to play a safe bet or two. But there, to- there you go. There's a little bit of smart betting there for you. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a little better to hedge than to g- completely lose everything. Exactly. That's the way I feel. All right, well, let's get into the games now for the week. We got a few stinkers, but as I'm looking at it, I thought there were mostly there's there's good games to be had out here. Uh, the first one, perhaps not one of them, Arizona <laughs> at Atlanta. No, I'm picking Arizona in a little bit of an upset. Uh, yeah. I know Atlanta's getting points in this game, but I thought Arizona played Tampa Bay okay last week. The game did go to overtime, and you know Arizona didn't played without Colt McCoy, so Colt McCoy comes back. You know. Um, Hopkins gets more of those passes. You know, yep. the, the ball is going to be a little bit crisper. And Atlanta's playing Desmond, um, I'm forgetting his last name, is on game number three. They, he hasn't done much in one or two. Fair I like enough. Arizona in this one. Yeah. Tight oh, game, yeah. But- yeah, Desmond Ritter, the guy from Cincinnati. Exactly. And and uh, Atlanta's pass defense, I believe, is pretty poor. So having Colt McCoy and DeAndre Hopkins might be enough. Yeah, I agree. And they're still playing for something over there. They're, they don't seem to be tanking for the draft. Who, Arizona or Atlanta? Arizona does not seem to be tanking. You know, they seem no, to. They, well, I think I think what's his name's coaching for his job. That's true, too. Cliff Kingsbury. And that's always I think that's something you mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Who needs it more? Mm-hmm. So Chicago at Detroit, NFC North yeah. battle in Detroit. 
Well, Detroit's a, Detroit's a team that is still playing for something, and, and Chicago's a team that seems to be tanking for, for the draft. And Chicago's defense seems to be routinely giving up 400-plus yards a game. I could actually see them giving up over 500 yards to Detroit in this one. I think Detroit is going to uh, take this game handedly. All right. That, that makes sense. You know, again, you start late in the season, you got to start looking at the motivations uh, of these teams. Uh, and exactly, you know, with, with having something to play for versus a draft pick to play for, I think that's the way things should go. Truth. Denver at Kansas City. Yeah, you know, Denver firing uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I think we all saw that coming at the end of the season, but get getting giving up 50 points to a team that, you know, to the Rams who have no one and nothing and a quarterback who's been there three weeks. It, it was pretty unexcusable. So I um uh Patrick Mahomes has never lost to Denver. He is the team he's beaten every time he's played them. And you know, there's no reason to think that that's gonna change this week. You know, I Kansas City by 10 points at least. Yeah, I think this might be the week they cover. Uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll see about that though. Miami at new England. Something yeah. to play for here. Oh, something absolutely to play for. I mean, whoever wins this game is going to end the day with that final playoff spot in the AFC and without Tua behind center, it's really hard to see how Miami scores a lot of points on new England's defense, you know, going into last week, we didn't, we didn't do a podcast last week, No, nope. but I did, um, my normal, you know, every three weeks stat evaluation. And one thing I noticed about New England's defense prior to the game against Cincinnati, they were the only defense in the league that ranked in the top 10 against the rush and against the pass. I think New England oh. is not getting enough credit. You know, they blew that game to the Raiders, but they shut out. They kept um, Cincinnati to zero points in the second half of that game last week. A lot of people didn't notice that. I think New England kind of cements themselves in here and, goes into week 17, week 18 uh, with, you know, control of their own destiny for that final playoff spot. Yeah. And New England very easily could have two more victories from the Absolutely. last two weeks. Absolutely. You know, and then I don't know if that that doesn't quite put him at the top of the conference, uh, the division, but no, because Buffalo's there. But in, in my power rankings this past week, even though they'd lost two in a row, I was having a really hard time deciding who to put in that 10th spot. Top nine teams seem pretty obvious. And when I really looked at everyone, even though they had lost two in a row, I do think New England is the 10th best team in football. I feel like New England is a team no one wants in the playoffs. No, you, you don't. Uh, other than Buffalo, who seems to have their number. Yeah, the perhaps, perhaps. But again, in the playoffs, else. He, might, he may be dialing something out. No, but I don't think Mahomes wants to see New England. I don't think Burrow wants to see New England. I think they'd both be happier to let Buffalo take care of that one for them. Absolutely. Uh, all right, a game that does have uh, some implications for the Giants and, again, draft pick implications for in Indianapolis. So yeah. Indianapolis at the Giants. You're looking – you've got this one. Yeah, pretty healthy. Uh, looks like you got uh, Giants winning by 14. Yeah, I do. I think 23-9. Um, I, don't, I don't think Indy gets the 10 points, not with Nick Foles. And the right. Giants sh should score 23, at least 20, if not a little more. And, I think when you look at the Giants overall season and you think about the expectations coming in and how low they were, this was meant to be a rebuilding year. And yeah, they started off six and one, I think it was, and expectations got high. But if you ask yourself, like, you know, they're they're probably still going to get into the playoffs. They're probably a one and done first round out. But if you started the year to say, hey, the Giants are going to sneak their way into the playoffs and go out in the first round, 
that's a big success. And this is the last game they're going to play in front of home fans this year. I think Giants fans aren't stupid. They know that this team overachieved this year and that this was a good year. And I see this as a little bit of fan appreciation day. This is the day that everyone, all Giants fans are going to get to go home and feel happy about their team season because this is the last high you're going to get this season. Yeah, it's like winning on senior day. Exactly. That's what's happening. This is senior day for the Giants (laughs) and they're going to they're going to win one for the fans and it's going to be a nice day in New York. And I don't want to that's New Jersey. Yes. uh, And and we'll. I don't want to get um, ahead of the draft and everything, but, you know, if the Giants go out in the first round, you know, so then they've got like the 19th, 20th pick in the draft, there's probably going to be four quarterbacks taken ahead of them, which then stretches out, you know, the rest of the draft. That's just something that as a Giants fan, I'm constantly thinking about. So, so, so that could still be an all right pick there. All right. Now we got maybe a wide receiver, New Orleans (laughs) at Philadelphia. Yeah, so you know, I um, I think this game, I, I I'm picking Philadelphia, but I'm thinking it's going to be close. And if New Orleans found a way to win it, I wouldn't be shocked. Yep. If you look at New Orleans' last six games, they've actually held their opponents to twenty points or less in every one of those games, yep. win or loss. And New Orleans still does have something to play for. That defense has been playing much much better in the second half, and Philadelphia is more likely than not still playing without Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I don't see why they would want to play Jalen Hurts in this game when they could, you know, they might be able to just, just back into the number one. uh, uh, Although the Cowboys won. Well, the Cowboys did, but still Philadelphia will control their own destiny and it's no, you can still hold off Hurts. And I do think, I think Philadelphia will not be as dominant. I do think they'll cross 20. I, I have the final score at 23 to 19. I think New Orleans, the problem is they're not going to be able to score a lot of touchdowns. They're going to have to settle for too many field goals. They're not going to be able to make it happen in the red zone. And I do think that Philadelphia will find a way to outscore them. But I I can see a way where New Orleans dominates time of possession. They've been running the ball great the last two weeks, something they didn't do for a month and a half before their bye week. So recommitting to their running game, a defense that holds teams to under 20 points, I can see ways in which New Orleans is very competitive in this game, but I still think Philadelphia with Garner Minshew will pull it out in the end. Yeah, that makes sense because uh, that Philly defense is tough too. And and New Orleans is just, they have not done well against good defenses, even against some good defenses. Exactly. All right. Now the game that we're talking, uh, that, that you, you circled this on your calendar weeks ago, Carolina at Tampa Bay, kind of not exactly for the division, but close. Yeah. When you and I were doing picks for week 13, I told you then that I saw a path for Carolina to go and they were on their bye week at the time. And I saw a path for Carolina to win the NFC South with an eight and nine record. And it all came down to being within a game of Tampa Bay going into week 17. And that's exactly where we're at right now. They're within a game. Whoever wins this game tomorrow is going to be the top team in the NFC South going into the final week of the season. And I believe in Carolina. I yeah. really, really do. And I see your score. You got a nine-point margin, which is kind of smart because if you're within one score, Tampa Bay might be winning that game. You kind of have they to might. put them away. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Tampa Bay and you look at them over the course of the last several weeks, 
They scored 19 last week against Arizona, 23 against Cincinnati, 7 against San Francisco, 17 against New Orleans, 17 against Cleveland. This is not a team that's scoring 20 points on the regular. At all. And Carolina's defense can stop people. The way to beat Carolina really is to run on them. That is what Pittsburgh did. You got to, it's the old John Madden. How do you win? You run the ball, you stop the run. And that is the clear way to beat Carolina. Tampa Bay can't run the ball. Carolina can stop Tampa Bay's pass. Carolina can run the ball. They just ran it for 300 yards last week in Detroit. So I really, I'm pulling Carolina in this one. They're going to score. They're going to get those touchdowns when they need them. They're not going to settle for field goals in this game. One thing I'm going to point out is they just signed Josh Norman. Now, he's probably not going to play a lot, but if he comes in, that's a bit of a downgraded corner. But again, Tampa (laughs) hasn't shown that they can do anything. You know, I would just keep a deep safety because the only thing Brady can do is occasionally throw a bomb. And if you can guard against that, I think you'll just shut them down. I I agree. I, I like Carolina. I really, really do. All right, here's a stinker. Cleveland at Washington. Yeah, and and the return of Carson Wentz. <laughs> and, you know, if if Taylor Heineke was playing, maybe, maybe I would go to Washington. But, you know, I I watched that some of those Wentz games early. Washington got way too many national games early in the season. Yep. And, you know, the way Wentz lost it last year, like I want to believe there's a Davis Mills effect. Who Davis Mills, the Houston uh, quarterback, Started off having not great first halves, got sat down for a little bit in both his first and second year, came back and has played strong football in in the end of the season to make you think that there's something there. I want to believe that Carson Wentz is a great dude and a nice guy and that some of those things are true and will happen for him. But there's no evidence to actually support this theory. At all. At all. Once the league figured him out, that was it. Yeah. And he never adjusted. No, and so this tells me this game is going to be a game that which team can run the ball better. And Cleveland is a team that can run the ball better. Both these teams have decent defenses. And, you know, Deshaun Watson hasn't done much. Carson Wentz, you can't expect much. No. Who's going to run the ball better in this game? I like Cleveland. I like a low-scoring game, a 13-9 to Cleveland victory. Ooh, sounds like an under-three-hour special, hopefully. Don't make <laughs> people watch that for too long. Jacksonville at Houston, which, again, Houston has their own pick as well as Cleveland's. So they, they, they want to lose this game and Jacksonville, do they, they don't clinch with a win. Do they? No, no. Jacksonville, Tennessee is going to come down to the week. Yep, next week okay. Some people think that's going to be the Sunday night game. Let's hope not. But I am um, Houston. It's exactly as you said, they're going for a draft pick and they're competing with Chicago at this point for that lower pick. But you look at Houston the last three weeks, narrowly beat the Dallas Cowboys, took the Kansas City Chiefs to overtime, and then finally got over the hill with Tennessee. I don't think Houston's going to beat Jacksonville, but I see this being a tight division game. Could be, I am may win by a field goal, Jacksonville. All right. San Francisco at Las Vegas. This should be yeah. a blowout. Oh, should be, especially with Derek Carr getting benched. <laughs> I mean, when... Because And there is a possibility. I don't think that everyone's like, oh, they're going to trade him. They're going to cut him. It's already done. There's a possibility he comes back. There's a possibility that he plays for Vegas. It wouldn't shock me if he restructures his contract and stays. And Oof. if he and so then you say, why are they benching him now? Well, because they're playing for draft picks. They've decided that they want their worst option at quarterback so they could bet possibly lose and get better draft picks. I 
if they score three points, it'll be a lot. 35 to three, San Francisco. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a lot of points for San Francisco. All right. Now your Jets. Speaking of quarterbacks who were benched and then came back and learned the lesson. Well, did you see what happened to Zach Wilson's not playing this week? Did you did you catch last Thursday's game? Um, I'm trying to think against Jacksonville. No, I didn't watch it. Oh, so so a little a little note for you. So Zach Wilson got benched late in that game, not for Joe Flacco. Oh yes, no, I did. I watched the, fourth, the end of that guy before the fourth string practice squad quarterback. The the guy with all the the hairy face. I did mm-hmm. watch the end of that. The the like yes. option. He was like an option quarterback. They they brought him in. They tried to bring him in in the second quarter for a play that looked like a wildcat, but there was a false start. They brought him in to start a drive in the third quarter and never took him out. That's right. He <laughs> he had he led a touchdown drive. Uh yeah no they they got in the end zone or did they get in the end zone? I thought they, they ran got one in. No no they got close. They, oh. they didn't. The final score was nineteen to three, but. He got them into the red zone on like his first drive. Yes, he just brought it. an energy and a dynamic. And then reports on Sunday were that Zach Wilson is—they're uh, already decided to go. He's not dressing this week. I'm not even sure if he made the trip to Seattle. I, I'd be bad. surprised yeah. if he shows up. Wow! So, just, so we're back to Mike White. Mike White has been cleared. Mike White is back to playing football for the New York Jets. They're going to Seattle this week. I expect the New York Jets to be incredibly pass happy because Mike White is back, just like they were when they played Minnesota. And I don't know if you remember that game, and I said they were going to be too pass happy. They were going to get away from the run. They needed a more balanced attack in order to win, and then they lost that game to Minnesota. And I think the same thing is going to happen this week in Seattle. I think the Seattle is going to find a way to edge out the Jets to stay competitive in the NFC playoff race. I think the Jets are going to play themselves out by being too pass happy, by thinking we're by having Mike White throw the ball forty times when it's yeah. not necessary. The Seattle's run defense is terrible, and the way to beat them is consistent running. And if Sedavian um, Knight, if Bam Knight gets twenty carries and can, even if they're not good carries, even if it's twenty carries for sixty-five yards, and the Jets keep a balanced attack, maybe the Jets win this game. But I'm expecting him to get less than 15 carries. I'm expecting Mike White to throw the ball over 40 times. And I'm expecting the Jets to lose by a field goal. All right. That's too bad for the Jets. Now yeah. on to Minnesota at Green Bay. So we got the Vikings, the divisional uh, game with implications for both teams. Total implications from both teams. And the hype on Green Bay. Did, if you caught that Green Bay game against Miami last week, and we now know that Tua is, was concussed. And the, you know, those interceptions, Three interceptions. Yeah. But the hype around green Bay on telling they're getting hot. No one wants to play Aaron Rodgers. It is so over the top ridiculous and it doesn't belong. And I think Minnesota is going to shut the door on that. Oh. You know, green Bay lost seven of eight games, you know, and it looked like they were out and then they played Chicago and the Rams in back-to-back games. Those two teams going into their games with the Green Bay had won one game combined since November. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good that's a good stat right there. Yeah. One game since November, like against Green Bay. And then they beat Miami. But, you know, they won by six points. They turned three to interceptions into six points in the fourth quarter. They're not moving the ball. They're not playing great. Miami's defense is terrible. 
this notion that Green Bay is rising up and that they're going to be competitive. That's what they want. They're trying to speak it into existence. They want yeah. Aaron Rodgers. They're going to they, lose. They, they're going to lose to Minnesota. They, they, they are. Minnesota is yeah. going to shut the door on the North. They're going to close this chapter of the season. They're going to you know, do what they do in week 18, and they're going to go into the playoffs and host at least one, if not two, playoff games. Oh, all right. Look at that. And now we've got the L.A. Derby or Derby, depending on how you pronounce it. Uh, a game that almost no hometown fans will attend. The Rams at the Chargers. Yes. You know, it's so funny. When this game was scheduled for New Year's Day, at the begin- when the NFL schedule came out, I posted a thing about the 10 biggest mistakes that were made on the NFL scheduling. And on that list was having two Los Angeles teams play each other on New Year's Day, a day when nobody from Los Angeles is in Los Angeles. No. Christmas and New Year's are the like the quietest weeks to be in the city of Los Angeles. Why would you schedule a home-on-home football game for a time when no one's in town? This was a terrible, and this was originally supposed to be a Sunday night game. Yeah. This was a terrible, like, do you want the arenas to be empty? It's, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing to see. Um, yeah, that's crazy. It, this, I, this should have been an early season game when both teams were hyped. This should have been like a week three game yep. when people might have cared about it because people care in LA do care about football in the month of September when, you know, when football is new, yep. but oh my God, this stadium is going to be quiet. It's going to be empty. And but I do think it's actually going to be a tight game. I think the Rams are actually going to be competitive in this game. I I think the Chargers will win, even though they've already secured their spot in the playoffs. I think that there's they want to be the best team that they can be going into the playoffs. They're going to play competitive football. They're going to try some things and they're going to win this game against the Rams. All right. Bringing us to our final game, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. This is a this is. Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. This game, uh, you know, he has to at least tie to maintain that record. Yeah, and I, I see Pittsburgh, you know, they started the season two and six. But since their bye week, they are five and two. And in the he last figures couple it weeks, out. That's coaching. Oh, yeah. And in the last couple of weeks, especially as they've gotten healthier, that defense, the stats don't indicate it. But they have looked like a top 10 defense, something you expect Pittsburgh to be all at the beginning of the year before they got so hurt. So Lamar, it doesn't look like Lamar Jackson's going to play this week. Oh, And if Lamar Jackson go. doesn't play this week, I'm definitely giving it to Pittsburgh. And that's where I'm going with this tight game because those games are always tight between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Baltimore has been giving up a little bit more against the run lately, but they are one of the best teams in football against the run. And that still is the strength of the Pittsburgh offense. Tight game, but I, I think Pittsburgh pulls this out, gets back to 500. Yeah, and this game was going to be tight, you know. No, they always play tight, these two teams. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, I, going into the – at the beginning of this, I was like, there's not many great games. There's a lot of games with something to, to you know, at stake. Next week, there's probably going to be a, a lot of shitty games. But uh, this <laughs> week, there's still something to watch. So, yeah. uh, Max, where can everybody find your stuff? Oh, I mean, if you want to go see the uh, picks, you can always follow me on social media or go to the website, profootballmax.com. All right. That's the football consigliere. Thank you, Max. Uh, I won't see you this week. I'm going down to this. I'm going down to the store by the stadium. That should be Uh interesting. So, uh, yeah, I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. See you. See you. I want to see you. Yeah. I'll talk to you next week.
All right. Be well. Bye. Bye. All right. Later, man. Later.